Welcome to the Voices of St. Michael podcast, where we bring you talks, interviews, homilies, and prayers from the faith community of St. Michael Catholic Church in Independence. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you always. This is Randy Kula, and you are listening to the Voices of St. Michael, the podcast of St. Michael Catholic Church in Independence, Ohio. Today we are joined by the pastor of St. Michael's, Father John Malee. Welcome, Father John. Thank you. Um, okay, to begin with, um, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better, I have a few rapid-fire questions uh, to ask you, so here goes. Uh, what's your favorite food? Well, I love that question because uh, I don't have one favorite food. So what I like to do is, I think, in the context of... What's the season? So, of course, <laughs> summer, I'm all about the grilling, the burgers, the brats, the dogs. Yeah. And winter, I'm all about some good chili, cornbread. I always have a, a love for Italian as well, lasagna. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really have one favorite food. Awesome. Very good. Um, okay, next question is, what is your favorite band or singer? Yeah, so when I was asked this, at one of the school galas, uh, Deacon Lou Promozic was, he said he was surprised that I mentioned the singer, but I think I educated him more about Van Morrison, about how many different genres that Van Morrison, a, a singer from Ireland, sings. I mean, he does everything from, you can just look at his uh, catalog of everything from uh, jazz to blues to, of course, Gaelic music. He's done country. It's just uh, very versatile. So, yeah, my man, and they call him Van the Man, is Van Morrison. Have you seen him in person? No. He's interesting. He tours rarely in the States. Uh, I have a cousin in California who saw him uh, at Berkeley. But he does. It's it's a rarity to find him, uh, uh, to catch him in concert in the States. So if I had, it would be a, a true... Uh, True uh, experience. <laughs> okay, I, I, I guess I'll have to experience it yeah. myself. Uh, what is your favorite movie? I've always been a fan. It's usually on the top five list. Whoever puts those lists together, uh, a, a, uh, AFI, is there, there's a organization that puts the list together, but, but mine is The Godfather. Okay. It usually comes out like two or three, I think, behind Citizen Kane. And I actually I had done a paper. At the seminary, my professor was Father Damien Ferentz. Yeah, it was in the uh, ethics class, and I did a paper on the the ethical dilemma of the Godfather. So it was very, I I was very excited doing that paper, and I and I got an A out of it. So it was fun. You, do you still have a copy of that paper? No, I have been looking for that. I thought it would have been on my computer from the seminary. I thought I kept all my files and I still haven't found it. That would be interesting yeah. reading. Uh, all right. Um, okay. What is your favorite book? Well, that changes too, but I recently came across a book that I read that my brother Tom had told me about, and it's called Endurance. And it's about this guy, an Arctic expedition, Ernest Shackleton. And I've shared it with, uh, shared it with one of our maintenance guys here. And it's just a, uh, a story of resilience and how this crew in just some, some what you would what we would all consider consider just 
unsurmountable challenges to survive, just to survive. So I'm, I'm hoping, I've heard there's a rumor, I think there was a documentary, but there was a, kind of a rumor that maybe they're they're making a movie about it, but it's just look up their uh, the bio on that that book and you'll see what how powerful it is and how they they survive some insurmountable odds in their expedition okay thank you um okay your favorite restaurant right now that that's kind of i bounce around but my mom and i we like going to this relatively new place in avon lake and it's called big m pizza okay it was uh oh it it was started by uh, this guy took over this other restaurant, and he actually has a place down in the flats. They call Mulberries, so he took he has a, a pizza recipe that he brought to Avon Lake from Mulberries, which they're known for their pizza. They have other things, but it's Big M Pizza in Avon Lake. All right, uh, favorite season of the year? Uh, definitely, I'll go with the fall. I, I like I'm big. The apple cider guy and the bonfires, that, that's my season, yeah. Okay, and favorite animal? I'll go with the eagle. It's stellar bird, beautiful bird. All right, and favorite sport? I would say uh, I've only tried it once and just don't have the skill set, but I am so intrigued and to watch downhill skiing. So it's the, when the Olympics come on and the downhill skiing, but I just am amazed and enthralled at the, the athleticism it has to take to go flying down a yeah, hill absolutely. like that. Like, yeah. How do they do that? <laughs> yeah. That's, they have to be a little bit, uh, a little bit insane yeah. to try that to begin with. Um, favorite subject in school? Uh, I would say, Going back to the uh, seminary, that was that was my last school. I've been to a couple of universities, but I really enjoyed uh, moral theology. And uh, one of my professors, uh, Father Don Dunson, okay, who uh, instilled a lot of, of different passions, just based on his witness. He started a Saint Casito Foundation in Africa for children who were kidnapped and forced to become child soldiers. So so there was there's so many different um, aspects. I've read one of his books. Um, there's just so many different dynamics and aspects of moral theology that encompasses uh, everything about what, what our church stands for. Okay. What is your favorite thing to do in your free time? I like really going to um, live uh, music venues, and so that's been uh, obviously during the pandemic, everything's been shut down. But everything from going down to Peninsula, uh, Gar Hall, Happy Day Lodge to uh, I love going to all the summer festivals, uh, the, the little all the communities. You know, they put together just great events like Bay Arts. Avon Lake has a good summer series with just whatever they are, cover bands, bands. I love going to the Music Box Supper Club. Uh, Severance Hall, I, I've been there many times, the Cleveland Orchestra. And another thing, we're so blessed to have one of the top orchestras in the world right here in Cleveland. Right, right. That, that's, so that's my kind of my, one of my passions. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, Father John, take us back a little bit, and could you t share a little bit about your childhood? So I was uh, born in uh, Mansfield, 
as my dad's from University Heights, but he had he was working for in transportation. So uh, at 1960, when I was born, he shortly after that we moved back to Cleveland, where he's from. He went to Ignatius, Jesu Ignatius, and John Carroll, and we were living in Cleveland Heights till I was eight. I went to St. Anne's for first communion, and then. Um, we uh, he got transferred to Lima, Northwest Ohio, to run a trucking yellow freight trucking terminal. So I grew up, went to St. Charles in Lima, Lima Central Catholic. I uh, went and got my undergrad at Miami of Ohio, and I was in ROTC. So I went in the Air Force for about six years as a missile officer, and then I worked at a command post at a F-16 base in Georgia. And then I got out. I got an MBA when I was in the, in the missiles in Missouri. And when I got out, I went into different management positions. I started out in uh, the printing industry, doing some sales in Indianapolis. And I moved to New Jersey in customer service and a fulfillment center. After that, I went into car rental. So I was working for a dollar rent a car. I was managing first Philadelphia operation at the airport or Pittsburgh I started and then Philadelphia after that I went on to um, where did I go from there uh, some management consulting so I worked for a small consulting company we traveled around to different plants around the country trying to improve uh, processes a lot a lot of different things involved with management consulting okay. I was involved with that for a little bit and then entered the seminary in my mid-40s. Okay. So some people um, talk about having a big faith moment in their lives when they knew that they needed to make a change in their life or they were being called to a certain vocation, while others um, may want it, but other calls may be a little bit more subtle. Could you share that moment with us? What, um, w like, what exactly did you experience in your life when you knew something was going to change? I point to, like a lot of people, individuals that God brought into my life. Certainly, my parents, raising six kids, absolutely lived out the faith as disciples. Worked many hours, put all six of us through college, helped put us all through college, and still uh, all the many hours they worked at nights, they would still make time to work whatever, the food pantries, the just being there maybe for a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. And then there was a, a good friend of our family's, Ernie Pizamiglio, he's a Monsignor in Peoria Diocese, and him and my father were stationed in the 50s in the Air Force in Texas. And so my dad just kept in touch with them. My dad went to his ordination. Uh, Monsignor Ernie was actually a convert to the faith, and his story is powerful in itself. But he would come every year to visit with us and just instilled in me. I saw a man of prayer and faith, and he always continued to suggest to me in some, most of it were subtle ways that he could tell that I was unsettled, that I wasn't happy in whatever profession I was in. And so he continued to encourage me to pursue uh, a vocation to the uh, priesthood. Awesome. 
great. Um, is there a specific saint that you have a special devotion to in your life? Well, it started when I was in the uh, seminary, and there's a wall, one of the hallways is dedicated to the Cleveland's mission teams in El Salvador. Well, I got to know that story quite well because I was able to tra uh, travel to El Salvador two times as a seminarian and once as a priest to learn more and more about the mission and all those who served down there. Of course, the martyrs, Sister Dorothy Kazel and Jean Donovan, who were murdered during the Civil War. So I came to really have that connection to St. Oscar Romero. It was such a blessing. I know some folks from Cleveland that went to his ordination in Rome. And so I just, uh, just he's a great uh, saint to, if you don't know his story, listen to it. There's a, a priest, Father Paul Schindler, still serving in El Salvador, who who uh, who met, who knew him personally. They were in meetings, so so I got got to know him through someone who actually was was a friend of his, and and of course was serving down there when when he was murdered. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, so. Tell us, what is your typical day like? Like, do you have a typical day as a priest, or is well, it pretty much up in the air? Well, you have the, uh, I have on my calendar certain days. There's a lot of, as a priest, you have more evening meetings, obviously. So you're pre preparing a couple for marriage, BF when they get off work, uh, parish council meetings, finance council meetings. Our parish is going through the, the initial stages of trying to, plan our campus out um, what will it look like in five years so that's been a lot of meetings with uh, uh, different groups with architects trying to start the initial planning phase uh, there's the what they call the on-demand ministry of course which is you get the phone call and someone's asking for the last rites you get the phone call of someone who's um, just just need some support, need some prayers, needs to come in for a confession. And so that's that's the on-demand ministry. Of course, the the funerals um, when you get the call uh, to for the, a funeral mass uh, again. So your schedule can change based on that. So you, so you have that flexibility built in, of course. And uh, I uh, teach on Wednesdays at the school uh, the confirmation class and. So now we're getting into uh, confirmation, uh, which will be in May, and uh, first confessions through with PSR and the school. Those are some things that we plan out. So those those are coming up. Actually, this Saturday we have uh, school. It's the school first confessions. Okay. So do you feel like your experience in the business world has helped you as a pastor now since a pastor doesn't just wear uh you know you're you don't you just do ministry functions you know you do you, you as a, you're basically the ceo almost of a, of a parish so you need to understand business as well does that help you has it helped you well i, I kind of put that in the back shelf as far as my interest in finances and that's why uh, pastors know to 
surround themselves with with people with that skill set. So you okay. just go out and build relationships. Uh, there's people on our finance council that have extensive experience in consulting. Uh, one guy was a senior partner for Ernst & Young, uh, consulting in the building trades. So, so my so my focus, and I learned that early on in the seminary, is more to be there for people that are looking for some uh, healing, whether it be physical or, or spiritual, if I could be there and listen and be there for the sacraments. That's great. It certainly doesn't hurt that I have some experience in reading P&Ls, balance sheets, etc. but it's just not one of my passions, so that's why it's a, a blessing to have those people that step forward and, and say, well, we can, we can walk through walk this walk walk through this with you and your teams and come up with some strategies and some plans. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Um, this, okay. This past year has been kind of crazy um, with the pandemic. Any, um, any thoughts that you've had about it? Anything, anything that you've, any revelations or any, uh, anything that you, I guess, didn't expect or uh, any good that came out of it? That's a big question. There's a lot of things you can talk about, but well, people that are struggling, I think we've all come to understand the importance of our uh, relationships and our solidarity with our human family. So I'm on uh, a number of conference calls and Zoom calls. One of them is with the uh, Catholic Relief Services. I'm a global fellow. I've traveled with them to Nicaragua and the Holy Land and usually am back every October for two days of meetings at their headquarters in Baltimore. So we come to understand that that connection, it's can be overwhelming, but really our connection to the whole world and organizations like that and Catholic charities that just understand this, this, the reason you know, Christ's ministry, that the time he was on this, this earth, he showed us what it means to be a, a part of this human family, to be created in God's image, to, to be loving. And so that's something that, you know, it may sound easy on the surface, but we know how challenging it can yeah. be. Well, that's why we—that's why we need that—that that big P, that prayer in our lives. It's to pray for all those. We look at all the people that are, are have been so alone and afraid in assisted living or just homebound, haven't been going out. They're they're thirsting for that, and it's something we can try to connect as best we can. It's looked different this year, obviously, but we can still do it because, you know, as as we've always heard in Scripture, one of the great passages with God, all things are possible. Amen. All right. Um, any closing thoughts that you have, Father John? Well, I think we're, um, as we've heard it, a lot of leaders in government or whoever, as we've heard it from, say that we're at the kind of the lights at the end of the tunnel and. We're so blessed that we will be able to celebrate Holy Week and Easter in the church. As we know, we were everything was shut down last year. So I take that opportunity to to really um, appreciate that, 
appreciate that we'll be able to come in and and again that I appreciate everyone who's come forward with their sharing their talents in so many ways uh, one of them is with the technology uh, with uh, Randy and, and Todd putting together all these different programs the, the streaming of the masses now uh, we know that the, the folks down at Vista Springs are enjoying that the nursing home and those that are homebound we again try to try to keep connected to to each other our community try to keep connected to the school and and be there for the kids they they persevered in so many ways the teachers and, and the students that it's just uh, another one of those blessings that because I know my brother's a teacher with the Cleveland Metropolitan School District they're still not back in and they won't be till the 22nd wow and so the the struggles of that he's had to deal with we have that that gift that we've been able to be in class and so the pandemic has brought on so much suffering but as a people of faith remember that remember what we've been reading about what we just talked about in the gospel last weekend about that Christ came to bring that light through the darkness we continue to to live that out and be there for each other and and hold on to each other and, and we will we'll persevere through all of this amen well um thank you for uh, joining us father john uh, may god continue to bless you and the entire faith community of saint michael parish and until next time take care of yourself and others god's peace to all of you thank amen. you Thank you for joining us for the Voices of St. Michael podcast. Please tell your friends about it. You can visit our website at stmichaelchurchindependence.org to find more talks, interviews, homilies, and prayers. You can also subscribe to this podcast from your favorite podcast app by searching for Voices of St. Michael Independence, Ohio. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Thank you.